Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I am Eric. And I am Jason. We hope you're all doing very well out there. Absolutely, hope everyone has had a fantastic week. It is a uh, fri- uh, Friday as we go to record this uh, recent yeah. e- episode of Pardon the Intermission. And yeah, we're actually in the last full week of July, so we're now going to roll into August. And all I have to think about, Eric, is we only have two weeks until pumpkin spice oh items everywhere. Pumpkin spice Starbucks, you... pumpkin spice donuts, pumpkin oh, spice man. this, pumpkin spice that. You know, that that's the thing, though. Why I don't understand now. I understand because of fall, and I understand because of the right. you know Halloween season and fall right. harvest and all that. But why why couldn't you just have pumpkin harvest or pumpkin spice coffee or whatever uh, flavored all year long? Why not? Uh, I would probably fathom to guess that because we affiliate pumpkins and spice and pumpkin spice items with fall, uh, with fall weather, cooler weather. Those are items that tend to be associated with fall. Yeah. Hence why they are sold beginning of fall. Even though when August rolls around, we're still in the middle of summer, but Hey, I mean, what do I know? I'm not a marketing. Well, I mean, they've already got Halloween stuff in the stores. I was in uh, Costco uh, the other day and they got, did you see that? Like, what is it like a 20 foot tall witch or something? 20 foot tall witch. (laughs) Lowe's has similar, I think. uh, Yeah. They're starting to get their Halloween. They got a rock band in there. And Lowe's, they got like a guy, uh, a couple of skeletons. They got a drummer and a guitarist. That's pretty cool. And then also I just found out, Eric, I live like in the neighborhood that I live in, I'm, Less, I'm just a stone's throw away from an old Rite Aid store that closed oh, down. Oh, yeah. I remember that place. Yeah. That Rite Aid store is being turned into a Spirit no Halloween store. Way. Yes. I, oh, I, my gosh. I drove by it on the way home from work today, and there's a Spirit Halloween store sign oh my draped over the front of the building. I'm like, nice. I can oh, walk wow. down and get all my costume and decor and everything like that and really decorate my house. Yeah, you, you just walk down there every day and just go visit. Oh, yeah. My daughter and I will you go know. in there, and we'll play with uh, the costumes and stuff. We'll take you off know, the props and play with them and have but sword fights and everything. Unfortunately, though, you know, <laughs> every spirit Halloween store is different. They're not all the same, unfortunately. Because right, what I mean by true. that is that you go to some, and I don't know if it's because of space or what it is, but some will be, right. really be decked out nice. Yep. And they've got all the animatronics, and it's really right. cool, you know, kind of spooky in there. And then some you walk in, and they got, I don't know, there's just like a couple animatronics, and it looks like it's yeah. just th- like, like just the leftovers are thrown in yeah, there. Yeah, they're, you know? they're, they're like a wimpy little a Happy Meal type place, you know, yeah, where you don't just, get much. You, you get the seconds, you know, yeah, you get the... Right. Uh, you don't you don't get the you know you don't get the meal you're getting the the leftovers right you know? the cold the cold chicken nuggets and also you didn't get any barbecue sauce in the bag <laughs> so you feel ripped off when you walk in yeah <laughs> so I don't know so hopefully you get the good one man we're gonna keep I our better. fingers and, and toes crossed yeah I'll let you know next time but hey folks we're well, not gonna be talking about Halloween and pumpkin spice items for, on this show because that's not the purpose Eric we have a lot of good stuff to and talk we got about a lot though. of good entertainment stuff yeah. uh, but I, I was gonna say speaking of uh, uh, leftovers here. Um, did you see those uh, pics that got leaked? Leaked those uh, pictures from Snow White. Wow! Did I? Ever. I thought those were phony. I really. I I thought they were too. I I, I almost still want to think those are phony. <laughs> I know. I, I literally thought they were photoshopped as well. Yeah. I, I could. I, and for those of you who don't know, we posted. And I'm actually going to post. Uh, what I did actually was I posted um, the link to this story on our Facebook page, uh-huh. which is at Pardon the Intermission, and I kind of left a little title on 
there that said Snow White and Search for the Holy Grail because you and I thought that the seven dwarfs in that photo look like a scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. With yeah. the knights and the clocking coconuts yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I think we might have so. hit on that. On did, did we talk about that on another podcast or no? I can't I don't remember. Think, I don't think we ever. I don't think we the did. Topic. But we, maybe we had talked amongst we, ourselves. Yeah. But anyway, I yeah, I saw, I saw those pictures and I could not believe it. Now, uh, if you guys haven't seen them, they've been out for a while, and this is kind of a little bit of an older story now. I mean, it I think it's about a week old, but yeah. But anyway, it has like these uh, photos of these people on a hillside, and it's supposed to be uh, Snow White, and I think it's the seven uh, merry people or something. What are they calling them now? They're not even calling them the seven dwarves, right? I think they're just calling them the, the seven travelers behind Snow White. <laughs> because they're I not, I mean, they're not all dwarves, and, that, and <laughs> right. that's the whole thing, right. is that, you know, uh, uh, you know, they wanted to, I guess, have all this representation, so they've got like every, you know, it's all the diversity stuff going on, right? Yep. So apparently in this photo, there was a stand-in for, what's her name, Rachel Ziegler. Rachel Ziegler. Uh, yeah. Who was playing Snow White. So it's not actually her in the photo, and that's why people thought it was fake. But it's, yeah. it's a body double. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, but it does have these dwarfs, and supposedly these are the real dwarfs. The yeah. funny part about the story is Disney's reaction. They got leaked. Mm-hmm. Disney came out and said, oh, no, they're fake. And then people are like, no, they're not. And now then Disney turned around and said, well, uh, uh, really, they're not. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, Disney? Bad job of backtracking, Disney. What the heck is going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is going to be, you know, I hate to say it. I mean, just from these leaked photos mm-hmm. and all this stuff about, you know, them having to change all the, you know, change everything about all the classic Disney movies. Yep. Uh, this thing's going to flop, man. I, I, I'll, I'll guarantee right now. I'll yep. put, I'll, I'll stake, I'll stick the podcast on it. No, I, no. <laughs> and, you know, well, I told you before we started uh, recording this that I was going to be more content with popping the original animated 1937 Snow White in my Blu-ray player and yeah. enjoying the wonder, be- the wonderful beauty of that animated classic and then watching the featurettes on disc two. Because Eric, I got to tell you, I got to be honest, my friend, look, you, you know me, you've known me for a long time. Mm-hmm. You've never know me to overreact to a lot of stuff unless it's sports related or something else yeah yeah but um i gotta tell you when i saw these photos i literally was incensed and i and look folks i am not in any way uh i am not a a bigot or a racist or anything like that so please do not misconstrue what i say but this is ridiculous this is absolutely ridiculous this is supposed to be a live action version of snow white and the seven dwarfs in the animated film that came out back in 1937 there was no hubbub that was caused about seven dwarves being in that in that movie because it's a fairy tale they were characters in a fairy tale that was adapted for as an animated movie now i understand 1930s versus 21st century times were different then back then it was probably taboo to talk about Mm. a topic like this during that time but the point i'm trying to make is the seven dwarves are part of the story they are part of what makes the story so fabled and and let's not and and let's not uh, take away from from people who could actually act those roles and there's been a lot of outspoken actors who who uh are would, would would fit in those roles. Well, there's another one. I wish I had the story in front of me. I don't. There's one uh, uh, Warwick Davis. a young man who was no, not Warwick Davis. There's a young man who was uh, uh, 
literally, you know, he suffers from dwarfism. He okay. was talking about, he was given his whole story about how, you know, he always wanted to be a wrestler. Actually, one day he got an opportunity and sure. he was actually, for years now, he became a wrestler with the WWE. Yeah. And then some acting roles came up and he actually started acting. And he was talking about, you know, he never, he could never even dream. I mean, this would ever happen to him. I mean, this was his right. dream, but he couldn't believe, he couldn't even fathom that he would actually be there. And he was. And he says, to be able to make a difference and be able to have people say, you know what, you're like, a, you represent us. And, you know, and it's so good to see that, you know, we, we can actually strive and do things too, you know. And the point of the story that I'm getting at is the fact that, you know, they've taken these roles away from people that could actually act them. Mm -hmm. And now they've got Wee Man from Jackass. He's pissed about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if Wee Man is pissed, if you got Wee Man... <laughs> If you got Wee Man pissed, Wee Man it's all from, over, man. Yep, Wee Man from uh, the Jackass. You're right, from the Jackass. But but uh, here's the deal. Show. Disney keeps doing this nonsense where they try to think they have to do other things and change everything about stories to fit a certain box. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, uh, it backfires on them every stinking time. Yeah, you know. It does. So anyway, yeah. So all these actors that could have played the roles and probably and and you know, I mean. It's gone, just gone. Those roles are gone, and this movie's yeah. gonna flop. And the the money's gone. It's over. I mean, it is completely over for Disney. I mean, L Little Mermaid. Did you see it? Right, I saw Little Mermaid. Yeah, I mean, you know, it it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. But no. the fact <laughs> is, is that you know, there again, you know, it's it's like these live action. They just. They, they can't just leave it alone. My whole thing is, you know, Disney, come up with some new and interesting ideas. Write some new stories. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. You know, we have all these stories already told. Let's not retell this and think you're going to make some money off of retelling these stories and you don't have to pay for the content. Yeah. Let's remake some stories. This is before the writer's strike, by the way. Right. But let, let, let's come up with some good ideas and, and retell some story. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> come up with some good ideas yeah. and have new stories, excuse <laughs> right. me, right. to tell... And let's go on from there. That's what I want, right. you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And look, there were there are some of the live-action uh, Disney adaptations that I have enjoyed. Uh, I like the Aladdin live adaptation to an extent. Uh, that was a good one. Th that was a good one. The Lion King one but, was but, um, but I'll tell you what, the cartoon but, the cartoon still, still is, is above and beyond. Robin right. Williams is above and beyond. Yes, Robin Williams above and beyond. And uh, and what they did with, with that cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Peter Pan, I watched that. It wasn't that bad, but you know what? I really, I, I, I don't even know. I mean, I, I, I what a story right now. I couldn't even tell right. you probably what happened. You right. know, besides knowing the, the the story of Peter Pan, but as far as the actors who was in all that, yeah. I mean, it's like, eh, you know, just okay. It was there on Disney Plus. We were looking for something to watch on a, yeah. you know, Wednesday night, and there you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hey. Disney's run out of fairy tales to adapt to animated films. And so obviously this is why they're going back and remaking the live act the animated films into live action. But films that's not true. But that they, can't be that can't be true though, uh, Jason, because I mean there are a ton I mean this is a huge world. Yeah. There are a ton of myths, there are a ton of fairy tales, there are a ton of stories out there that haven't been told that they can look at I mean, we're talking older stories that they can adapt, you know, to that I mean that's what Walt Disney did, right? I mean, all of these stories that, you know, Snow White, 
what are some other ones? Uh, Sleeping Beauty, Sleeping all Beauty, those, right? The Princess and the Frog, what eventually became Frozen, because actually Walt Disney wanted to make Frozen way back when he was still alive. Yeah. Hans Christian Anderson. Hans Christian Anderson. So all those tale. stories have yeah. been out there. It's just that, you know, and they can still find new stories. There's a ton of them. Just, you know, go search and go do the work. So then what, if I understand you correctly, then you're suggesting that they dip into other, uh, they other, they dip into other uh, popular forms of storytelling and mythology like Norse mythology. They can go all over. There's a huge world. They can go all over the place, right? In every culture, I'm sure there's stories that they can can pull from. They don't need to take the stories they've already done, try to rehash them, and then now, you know, in a modern day, stick them into a DEI, Mm -hmm. you know, diversity, equity, inclusion (laughs) set, and then then force them on us, right? Right. Well, because I tell you, the public is doing a great job. The public is rejecting them. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, right? The public's rejecting this. I mean, yes. these things are flopping left and right. And I'll tell you what, Bob Iger, we're going to get on him in a minute. Oh, boy. Bob Iger, I'm sure, is probably letting a little poop in his pants because <laughs> this Snow White thing is going to fail, too. It's yeah. going to be another <laughs> failure. And yep. here's the problem. Here's the other problem is that you have these these uh, uh, rides set up in the park mm-hmm. that are to, you know, the, the original story told, right? Mm-hmm. How, how do you how do you do that now? If kids go and they're watching the new version, but then they go and they say, "Well, mommy, that's not the same Snow White that yeah. was." That I, I mean, it's like now you're causing all this confusion at the same time too. Right? Why not? Why not be able to? Like I say, they can even get into. They can tell brand new stories. They can get mm-hmm. into other uh, <clears throat> cultural mythology and tell mm-hmm. you know newer stories, kind of like just yeah. what they did with the with the with the ones they had originally here. Yeah. Um, just revamp them to more modern, you know. Okay. Um, I don't know, but the whole point is that I, I think I think they're running down a really uh, dangerous path here because they're kind of really screwing up their whole theme park mm-hmm. uh, base too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 They are. Yeah. They're. They're. they're it seems like the, whether they're deliberately or not deliberately doing it, they're alienating. Uh, alienating that's a great word that's what i was thinking they're alienating their families and their supporters people like you and me who have families that enjoy the disney product and have for a very long time uh but i mean at the same time excuse me i'm sorry i'm not i'm not going to defend disney but i am going to just in what they've done but i will say this that disney right now is run more like a large business entertainment empire sure. than a film studio the way it was initially conceived as. And so when you look at the way business is structured nowadays, especially in this day and age that we live in, where politics factors into business more, I mean, and, and it, it's clearly evident why Disney has to, has taken the stance that they have with all of this wokeness and all of this politicizing, because Eric... There are some big shakers and bakers in the world of politics that influence a lot of choices out there. And some of these influences and some of these influencers are key shareholders of Disney because Mm -hmm. Disney is a publicly traded company, let's remember. And so uh, then when you factor in board as board of directors, they get involved in some of these decisions that are made because they feel emboldened by a lot of the power that's bestowed upon them. And also, they donate, some of their higher-ups donate a lot of money to political action committees come election times. Sure. And if some of those political action committees, the PACs, don't like the movies you're putting on the big screen, 
they're going to let you know about it. And they're going to threaten not to take your donations. Or if Disney does something that they don't like, they're going to threaten to come out and smite them in public. So let's not, let's not kid ourselves here, folks. Disney is a monopoly. They are an entertainment monopoly. And unfortunately, yeah. the day and age that we live in predicates or predetermines the fact that, or they predetermine the fact that, okay, it's not just entertainment anymore. We're here to make money. We don't care about the quality of the product. As long as it makes money, then it makes money. You know what? We're to blame. We, the fans, are to blame. As mm. long as we continue to go to the theme parks, spend lots of money out of the wazoo yeah. to enjoy our good time at the theme parks, and then subsequently watch streaming entertainment on Disney+. Plus, Go to the theaters and watch movies. Watch live-action versions that travel as stage productions across the country. We're to blame. If we all just stop going and show solidarity, that will send a lot of messages. Now, I realize that's an extremely naive interpretation because that's never going to happen. And I'll, I'll even well, no, say it's, it's a little hypocritical, I think, too, isn't it? You're right. It is. But you're, no, you're, you're right in the sense of it is happening, though, because we're, they're not, people are not going to these movies. I mean, yeah. in, in large yeah. part. I mean, Mermaid, if you want to look at the numbers, I mean, that was a failure. Uh-huh. Everything that they've put out, really, the, all, all these newer movies uh-huh. have been, I mean, like you say, cut off, at, I would say, at uh, uh, Aladdin. Mm-hmm. That was probably the, the last live action before the, the pandemic, right? I believe so, yes. Everything that they put out uh, post-pandemic has been a failure. Elemental's not doing good. No, You've got all. Strange World. Yeah. I mean, who, who even went to see that? Nobody. I, I didn't even know it came out. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I mean, it was like almost direct to streaming. Right. I mean, so you have all these movies that have come out. And and they've been a fly, and people are not going. So I think Disney. I mean, Disney is getting the message. They fired their DEI, uh-huh. uh, the head of their DEI department. So yep. I mean, they're they are getting the message. And you're right. They're they're all they care about is making money. At least the the board that's there, the people that are involved with it, the higher ups now, mm-hmm. they're too huge. They want to make money. Yeah. But what will send a message is when they're not, and their stock is tanking right now again. Yes, yes it is. It and, dro- and, dropped again. And we, and we talked multiple times on this mm-hmm. podcast about people that are that are either they're laying off, firing, mm-hmm. uh, or that have left the company now. I mean, when you have your CFO, mm-hmm. the number two, the person that was supposed to be in the slot to take over Bob Iger's position, that or she left. She left, yeah. You know, that is sending a message. Yeah. And I, I don't think, you know, we uh, we were going to get into Bob Iger anyway, and I uh, might as well do it now. I don't think that he's safe by any means, you know. I think he's out there trying to give excuses. Like, there are people that are asking him, uh, well, what about the parks? You know, the parks don't seem to be. And he's talking about Florida, and he's like, well, it's been unseasonably hot and humid and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. No, 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 that's not it. People would still go. Um, Disneyland. I mean, I'm watching these these Disney streamer guys on YouTube, and there's nobody at the park right now. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. fairly empty. It's almost like if you have a busy day, that's an anomaly now. Yeah, and and another thing too is that uh, Eric and I both live here in Fresno, and there's a popular uh, talk show on AM radio here. Uh, I won't mention the name of the show. I don't need to do that. But basically, this this popular talk show host uh, was talking about how uh, apparently admission into Disney parks has been so low, even below for Disney standards, that uh, from what he heard from his sources he was citing, mm. that Disney is now considering um, slashing uh, park hopper pass prices and that they're considering... Uh, kind of changing their policy on blackout days as it pertains to Southern California residents. Whereas it stands now, SoCal residents can select a certain number of days to get into the park at a discounted price, hence the term blackout days. Yeah. And there are certain days reserved just for them 
And the problem with that is that some of those days coincide with when general um, when general park visitors are there, and that's where you get a lot of the overcrowdiness. Well, now Disneyland is considering flip-flopping that, where they take away some of those blackout days for SoCal residents and give them to out-of-town visitors. Now, are you talking just regular standard tickets, or are you talking the the magic the passes, the magic just the, keys? Just the regular park hopper passes. Okay. Magic keys don't factor into this. That that is a whole other bowl of wax that has to be broached at a different time. But so they're talking. So about, they're trying to get people in the parks. They're trying to get more people into the parks, but not just more people, Eric. People out of the Southern California area yeah. who who, um, who don't have the. Who they want to encourage people who live out of the area to make more plans to come back to their parks on a regular basis, mm. and so that's why they're trying to. F- from what I heard again on this radio station here, they're trying to flip flop that and um, and see if that will work. Well, I you know I was recently at at Disneyland um, a few weeks ago, and and I'll say that you know I mean the park wasn't a bad experience at all, but I you could just tell there, there's a, I don't know if it's a feeling of uncertainty. But I'll tell you what, there just doesn't definitely seem that that feeling of magic there. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. seems like something has yeah. has gotten lost mm-hmm. there. And I'm just talking about just the general feel in the park. A lot, and we talked about this already. And they, people can go back and listen. But a lot of the rides were broken down. A lot of issues. Yeah, I, I I think you know they are really in a lot a lot of trouble here. Um, the the crowds aren't going to go and pay when you have Universal, which is putting on a great product, from what I understand. I haven't been there yet. You've been there, Universal I've been Studios. There. Yeah. Would you say Universal Studios right now is doing a better job at? Are they out Disneying Disney? I would say from the creativity standpoint, they're out Disneying Disney. Now, Universal Studios, uh, we have to keep in mind, is a theme park, but it was a theme park that was added onto an actual working movie studio. It's based around a studio, studio, a movie studio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's a different experience. It's a different experience, but even though you're not, even though there's not as much there to do as there is at Disneyland from a creative standpoint, Universal Studios is knocking it out of the park. Yeah. I mean, Harry Potter Land has been a big sell there. Mm. And then, of course, they had the Super Mario Land, which opened up yeah. earlier this summer. That's been a big draw for them. And then Universal Studios, uh, while it's still fairly pricey to get into, it's not like Disneyland where you have to pay, in some cases, fourteen or $1,700 uh, you know, for yeah. just one trip. And that's just for just for park admittance well, alone. With, well, at least in Universal, not in Orlando, but we'll, we'll talk about Universal. Hollywood. Yeah, California. Yeah, um, you know the park. You could say you could probably do in one day, right? I mean, easily. Yeah. So it's in other words, if you go and you spend 120 on a ticket or whatever their yeah. price is, yeah. You know, you're that. That's like one day. I mean, you yeah. knock it all out. You could probably do, it, and you spend a little bit more and get the, get the fast. They do have like a fast yeah. pass situation, and they you have, could pay yeah. a little bit more for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if, if 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 I knew, here's the deal with Disneyland. You know, the difference is if I knew I can get a fast pass and pretty much knock everything out in one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would do it. I would just pay the extra price and get it done. You know. Yeah. But when you're doing like a three day, like Disneyland, especially with having California Adventure and stuff across the way. Yeah. You know, you're doing a multiple day ticket usually, and uh, unless you have uh, magic keys, but usually you know you're right, there right. for for two or three days. And you know you're trying to spread it over, and, and that, and it's a lot of what I'm getting is it's a lot of money. So then you got to add Genie Plus on top of that. I mean, it's just it, like you say, you know, seven, all of a sudden a trip that should you know five hundred dollars now it's it's right. up to fifteen hundred, you know, in in the uh, in an instant. Right. So right. yeah. Well, here's the deal, Bob. I was going back to Bob Iger. Bob Iger. Um, so I, I don't think the guy's safe. I think going back to what you're talking about with the boards and stuff. I mean, if the board isn't happy, they tried to overthrow his reign earlier. 
mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, was it this year or the end of last year? And everything kind of calmed down. Mm-hmm. But now with with everything else that's happening, I don't think he's safe. I am wondering, and I we've t- kind of talked about it before, but I am wondering if that does mean that he's he is going to get ready to sell this thing. Well, and you, it keeps pointing to that. Everything it, it keeps pointing to that direction. And the one company that the signs keep pointing towards is Apple, and that concerns me a lot because Apple is uh, one of the one of the, if not the largest and most successful tech companies in on the gl- on the planet. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, look, we don't need to say anything else about Apple. Everyone out there, except for me, because I'm a dreaded Android user. And I'm anti-Apple, actually. <laughs> Everyone out there has an iPhone and an iPad, and they have Apple TV Plus, and they have uh, whatever. But the reason why I'm concerned about Apple possibly, or Disney being sold to Apple, is because Apple would run it exactly the way they would want to, which is just as a business. And even mm. though Apple was partially responsible for helping Pixar get going off the ground with providing a lot of some of the technology that Pixar used to create some of their animated films... Eric, I'm sorry, but this is just creativity on a different level. And Apple, yeah, I'm sorry. I just don't trust Apple's execs to um, forego the bottom dollar just for the sake of making sure that they get Disney back to what made it so magical in the first place. I, I just don't trust them. I don't trust Apple. If they buy Disney, they can definitely afford it. Without they can they can cash a check for fifty fifty billion dollars and not even break a sweat. Yeah. But again, my problem is I just don't trust Apple to run the company responsibly enough to where they can look at it the same way that we the fans look at it and the way that the creators need to look at it. Well, and that's what made Disney unique originally mm-hmm. um, is that you know it it was a unique experience. It was the parks. It was the movies. Sure. And then they did some some content, some online. Well, I shouldn't say online. I should say cable content. You know, they had the Disney Channel and stuff. But, I mean, for the most part, you know, that was just it. That's what they concentrated on. And that's what they did best. Yeah. Um, You know, this whole, uh, during the, let's go back to Bob Iger, during the whole Bob Iger era here, Mm -hmm. uh, before, previous, uh, before uh, Bob uh, Chapek, um, you know, he bought all this stuff. And that was the problem. You know, they were trying to become the Monopoly. Now, going on to what you're saying, you know, Apple, if they bought, if they bought Disney, I, I don't know if it'd be good or bad, but I will say that it, it's kind of scary to think that Apple would have that much content and control over everything. You know what I mean? Everything Disney. Yep. That yeah. is the problem right now is that I think Disney needs to go back to what it did best and try to separate itself. I don't I don't know if they can, though. See, that's the problem. The economy's so bad right now. I mean, we're kind of right. on the teetering on this recession I keep hearing, right? Yeah, we that, are. That, um, you know, I don't know if anybody would buy it. And then you've got, uh, on top of that, there's another little side deal where uh, Hulu, uh, Disney can't get rid of Hulu, Disney mm-hmm. Plus, because uh, they have to buy it. They're in this contract. They have to buy it from Comcast. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just like they have just dug this huge, huge hole for themselves. Yep. And I don't know. And I'm sca- and, and I, I, won't, I won't say scared. I'm very concerned. Because here's the deal. Like we talked about before many times in this podcast. Mm-hmm. We're both fans. Listen, we're both yeah. Disney fans. We do talk a lot of negative things about them. But, but we're not haters. Folks. But we're not haters, but no. and, that, and that's why we're talking about. It. It's like, listen, we're concerned, we're worried. It's yeah. like I love the parks, I love what they are. Here's yeah. one thing, you know, and I'll say this: for, I, I do like the content, mm-hmm. but I'm more of a parks guy, and I and this became more recently for me, and especially having my own uh, 
child, my daughter. I mean, right, it's kind of right. like, you know, that that really kind of pulled me into more of that. There's nothing to yep. me that's so more special than when you can go to a park yep. with your daughter and ride a ride that you rode as a kid. You exactly. can remember as a kid and you yep. got to ride that ride. It's And, and that's what makes it a unique yep. situation. No yep. other theme park has that, yep. that I know of, at least in this area for Agreed. sure. Yeah. But but that's what makes you uh, Disney so unique in this situation, and and I'm just yeah. worried that that's going to get lost. That magic is going to be lost. Yeah, and that's again another one of my fears. If they are sold to Apple, is that Apple will just run the the theme park division down to the ground because they won't know how to run it, because they are a tech company. They are not an entertainment and hospitality industry. Well, wasn't um, wasn't Universal though sold recently? Didn't uh, was it Warner Brothers or somebody b- b- bought? Universal. Uh, I think I think Warner did buy Universal, uh, and I think Warner. Might and then have, Amazon bought Warner, right? And then Amazon bought Warner. Yeah, so they're kind of like all under that big umbrella. So, of but but see, we talked about Universal is doing pretty good. See, if they can figure out how to just let the theme park people and let the mm-hmm. the the entertainment people do their thing and yeah. not try to control it, yeah, it might be good. But yeah, but that's the problem though with Apple. They don't have those different divisions. They just have one division. Their CEO yeah. and everything. Uh, nothing gets past him. Not even a sneeze without his his or her approval yeah again that's the big fear mm. they don't have a, a one division they just have one honcho he or she decides the whole schlemiel man well, unfortunately people I, I don't think we have a lot of answers just more questions <laughs> yeah and you know what i look but, yeah again like eric said we're not haters we're just concerned we want to see disney thrive just like everybody else but it's it's scary dark times for disney and we hope that they come out clean on the other side but we'll we'll have to see and, what happens and and just to kind of wrap it up one more thing going back to the snow white story and going back to the remakes and i i think you know what the remakes in a way could have worked and could have been okay, but I think the problem is, is that people keep seeing that the remakes are just letting them down more and more and more, and they and they see it more of a laziness thing on Disney's end, and I think yeah. that's where it's coming. And then so that people are not even going to give this thing a second glance, you know. Well, I mean, it's I'm, already people are already blasting this. It's not even out yet. I don't even know when is it supposed to come out. Is it twenty twenty four? I think maybe? so. Yeah, two thousand twenty four. You know, yeah. and I mean, and and let's not even. I mean, we won't go there. I'll just mention it real quick. They're seeing what's happening not just with Disney, with Marvel also with Lucasfilms also. Lucasfilm, and that's yeah. why people are just, they're jumping ship. Mm-hmm. Forget it. But anyway, hey, um, I, we kind of have to, uh, we're going to have to wrap it up here, but we are going to have to talk about something that's kind of not on necessarily a high note, unfortunately. Yeah. A little bit of a low note. Um, yeah. We kind of lost an icon. And you you posted this story. What was it about, Jason? Yeah, we did. So let, this past week, we lost one of the great uh, masterful stylists of American music. Uh, the, you probably heard of him, guy by the name of Tony Bennett. Yep. Now, I know we normally don't talk great musical acts on this show because we like, Eric and I love TVs and movies and pop culture, so we focus mostly on that. But the reason why I wanted to put this story in here of Tony Bennett is because Tony Bennett is a pop cultural icon. He mm-hmm. is, he was one of the established, I wouldn't call him one of the crooners like Frank Sinatra, like the Rat Pack, like Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., and Peter Lawford and all those guys, Chris and Christopher Lawford. But um, I, I, he's still a pop cultural icon. Yeah, He had an outstanding musical career for over 50 years. And not only was he a musical act, but he also made a few cameos in some movies 
movies and TV shows over the years as well. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, really, you can't anyone you go up to now, regardless of who they, how old they are, and you say Tony Bennett, you automatically think I left my heart in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. You know, among other things. But he just had a suaveness about him. He had an elegance about him. Class. Class about him. And again, he's he's right up there with the Sinatras and the Dean Martins and the Bob Hopes and the George Burnses of the world. I mean, he is from that era, that bygone era of of classic entertainment that doesn't well, crooners, exist anymore. Classic crooners. Classic crooners, yeah. yeah. It doesn't exist anymore and it never will. And so I thought, you know, it, it seems... We like have Michael Bublé. Michael Bubble? Okay, he's a crooner <laughs> wannabe. That's different than being oh, a crooner. Oh, in a source fund. Wannabe. Oh. But no, I don't have no problem with Michael Bublé. Now, yeah. if you even start throwing a uh, if you start throwing a Kenny G or a uh, Michael Bolton reference well, on me, then we're going to have some different talks. Well, well, I, I, I'll just kind of throw in here. Sorry to interrupt, but I'll just throw real quick that, you know, when you're talking about it's kind of like an end of an era, but, you know, when yeah. we grew up, you yeah. know, there were certain guys that just like Frank Sinatra and like you said, Tony Bennett and these guys yeah. that kind of they were kind of generational you know you mm-hmm. kind of grew up with them right. and they just kind of they just went through every generation everybody you know pretty yeah. much knew who they were mm-hmm. and so that's kind of the end of the era I think that you're talking about you know I don't know yeah. if like like a Michael Bublé or something really if people are going to know yeah. you know in, in 10 or 15 years if he's even going to be touring and, and if people would even remember right, you know exactly. who he is I mean he's, he's good but I mean yeah. I'm just saying though that there was something about especially with with Tony Bennett, I would say that he didn't have the most outstanding voice uh, of all those guys, but there was some kind of staying power that guy had. He just he mm-hmm. just kept going and going and yep. going. He was like Tom Jones, and he, just, and he had a few, yeah. yeah, and he had a few, you know, and he had a, a few classic hits that just everybody knows, you know. And yeah. uh, like I said, most people, and he did a lot of uh, duets and stuff. Most people that worked with him, just class was the word they used with him. He was just yep. so classy and absolutely, um, yeah. He he will definitely be missed. I mean, I I still can't believe he was ninety six. I know ninety six. Yeah, he lived a very long. Long, productive, and I mean, I think he was still life. touring. As far as I know, I think he was touring at least up to COVID. I don't know if he had. He was. I think he did. did he do a couple of shows after COVID? I think. I think he did a couple of shows after COVID, but then I think he kind of toned it down a little bit because he was having a really difficult time, not only getting around physically, but I think he had a hard time remembering a lot of the lyrics to mm. his songs, and so he just finally had decided to quit touring and just quit his career altogether. And then he obviously spent. The last few days up until this week, uh, just kind of enjoying well, you know, what was left. There, there are those guys that just, you know, they they just live to work. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. you know, that that's just what their life is. It's like, you know, they they are like him being an entertainer. I mean, you could just tell. I mean, that he loved that. And that was what he had to be out there. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. just, right, you know, like, right. okay, I'm done. See you later. I mean, he had, he was doing concerts all the way up until this time. So, I mean, he, yeah. he definitely loved his work. He, he did. lived to work. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's it is sad. So yeah, rest in peace to the great Tony Bennett, ninety six, passed away this week. Tony, um, you left our hearts in San Francisco. Thank you again for everything that you gave us, and uh, sing a good tune for God up there, and let us know what he thinks about it. All right, yeah. Uh oh, that's it. Speaking well, that, of time to yeah. leave here. <laughs> well, hey guys, uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, check out our social media. I'll have to check out what the new, you know, Elon Musk just did the new X. So I don't even know what oh. the what the new address is. It's still, you know, right Twitter or at X. I'll have to check it out, but I'll get back right. to you on that anyway. What's the other one on Facebook? Oh, it's called at Pardon the Intermission on Facebook. There you go. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, take care. Have a good one. We'll see you on the next show. See you on the flip side. God bless. Hey, thank you so much for listening. 
Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.